Welcome to the Real Voices Podcast, where we explore the personal journeys of real estate professionals through their own unique challenges and successes. Real Voices is brought to you by Equitable Title and Escrow, providing a better approach to title and escrow through team support and innovative services. Welcome. Welcome to another episode. I am your host, Marla Randolph. We have another great guest, Paula Campbell, with us. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about how long have you been in the industry? Um, who do you serve? And what does that look like for you? Why did you come into real estate? Well, I've been in the industry about a year and a half. Okay. Um, it was a mixed, a hidden blessing. Let's call it a hidden <laughs> blessing. I had been a, um, an insurance builder for 20 years. Okay. And um, with the advent of COVID, that came to an end. And... I took the opportunity and jumped in with both feet. Okay, okay. Yeah. So 20 years in, in coding and billing, you said? Yes. That's okay. Yes, I was billing for doctors and hospitals. Okay, okay. So this is a completely different uh, ball game for you then, huh? Yes and no. All right. Yes and no. Tell me about the yes then. What's the what's the same? The yes is the attention to detail. Okay. Um, and the uh, the ability to, to be focused and persistent. Mm. Especially in this market. Yes, right? yes. Okay. Do you find yourself uh, mainly mo working with uh, buyers or sellers right now? Both, okay. both. Um, it's been a big, been a mixed bag so far. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And as far as your your um, reason for real estate, why this? I mean, there's a myriad of you could have went and there's, sold there's cars. There's any, any number of things I could have done. <laughs> yes, there are. Um, before we moved to Arizona, um, we were helped by a real estate agent. We we had become great friends with him before we ever decided to move. And he and I would sit and have long conversations about real estate, very interesting conversations about what a lot of people think is a boring subject, um, an intimidating subject. And right. we would have long conversations. And so when we got ready to move, he's the one who helped us. And we were glad for his assistance. Okay. Um, Steve Gonzalez with HomeSmart up in, in Colorado, just, just to okay. give him a shout out. <laughs> um, but... So then I, I could see the potential to help other people yeah. when I when I decided to, to take up real estate. Okay. Okay. Helping others. That's the, the name of the game. That's here. the name of the game. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you said you moved here. How long have you guys lived here in, in, uh, in Arizona? About two and a half years. Okay. And where are you coming from? Western Colorado. Okay. So what was that move for? What, what brought you to... That the would be a blonde-haired little girl about yay tall. Okay, <laughs> our, okay. Gra our granddaughter, her her dad was stationed at Luke Air Force Base. Okay. So yeah, we're we're Blue Star parents times two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they were living down here, and we got really tired of leaving her when we'd have to go back home. Makes sense. And so we moved down here to be closer to her, and then about a year later, they got transferred to Virginia. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, here we are. Uh, happens. It yeah, it happens. does. It that's does. The that's that's the life you. of the military. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to go back a little bit about your transition into real estate mm -hmm. and kind of the, the, I guess, who you serve. Um, what does what does that look like for you? Who are you trying to help out the most? Well, I like to say that I'm the cigar smoking, bourbon drinking, <laughs> motorcycle riding, <laughs> silver haired granny realtor. <laughs> so. <laughs> Those are my people. Yeah. Um, the military. I love the love the the military community. Um, like to be able to help them out yeah. as they transfer around. So yeah. Yeah. 
So talk to me about your bike. What kind of a, a bike do you have? I ride a 2015 Goldwing F6B. Goldwing, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. My husband rides a 2010 wow, Goldwing. look at you guys. Yeah. I remember you were talking about um, trying to come up with some, I guess, content for, for video. Have you, have you guys had a chance to, to start the GoPro session? We have started the GoPro session. We took a ride and just kind of a... A shakedown cruise with our GoPro, rode up to Tortilla Flat, got some video okay. going up there. That's cool. Yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. So what made you, um, I'm just wondering, you know, when you say grandma on a bike, like uh -huh. how long have you been riding motorcycles and what made you get into that? Well, as a kid, as a teenager, I rode dirt bikes. Okay. Not, not a lot, but some. But over our 37 years of marriage, my husband and I have ridden one variety of bike or another, okay. typically two up. Um, we call them our marriage counselor. <laughs> 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 but um, about really about six years ago, I started paying attention he, as he's riding his Goldwing because it was brought to my attention as a, as a passenger. You need to be paying attention to what he's doing. If something happens to him, can you ride that bike down safely? Mm. Can you just can you get it to a stop without crashing? And the more I did that, the more I thought. I wonder if I could ride my own bike. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. So I've been on my own bike. This is this will be my fifth year. Man, you you have much more. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the words I want to use right there. <laughs> Stones than I do. <laughs> I I yeah, it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, you probably never catch me on a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm pretty f afraid of the the falling there. Talk to me. You you mentioned that you have to be prepared for someone to to fall right yeah. and so laying down the bike what does that look like what are you looking for well right? what you're looking for is i mean any number of things can happen you know they can get a get a bead of the forehead mm. um you know down to you know of course much worse scenarios right. and so the the trick is is that you're going to lean forward and put your hands under their hands and shove them off the handlebars you have to know how to how mm. to decrease the speed you know you're, right. you're standing on the back pegs leaning forward Mm. and steering that bike down wow. to a slow fall instead of a fast crash. Wow. So is that something you actually, like, um, train for, or you just hopefully you know how to do it when it no, happens? No, we did a little bit. Okay. Um, he put it up on the center stand, and he'd sit up there, and, and understanding that if something were to happen, he's probably going to have a death grip on those yeah, handlebars. Yeah. And so that's the reason for coming up underneath and essentially – hitting his hands away. Mm. Wow. Man, this, that's fascinating <laughs> to me. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. That but, is, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well. And you have to be quick. It's like talking about split seconds. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fortunately, nothing has ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. To us. I've never even thought about the passenger in the back when I see people passing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that person's now I'll be like, man, are they paying attention? They're ready to go. Mm -hmm, okay. mm -hmm. I appreciate that perspective. That's new to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We always taught the kids growing up, the kids and then our grandkids. And, you know, to it was a contest in the car to see who could find the most motorcycles mm -hmm. because people don't see motorcycles. Right. And so when the kids start counting the motorcycles they've seen, subconsciously, the parents see them, too. Mm. I like that. That's good. Uh, good technique. You guys hear that? It's great. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, talk to me about your first year in real estate. Um, what, were your, what was your greatest struggle? Um, my greatest struggle was it's probably the same as everybody else, trying to find those people that I could help. Mm -hmm. um, and 
they did come along, you know, they, right. they did, um, trying to trying to get a system in place. And that's still a, that's still something I'm working on is getting a system in place to to let those folks know that I'm here and I'm willing and ready to help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you feel like your greatest accomplishment has been um, or the hump that you felt like you've overcome in the last two years, I guess? Yeah, well, probably getting more comfortable in my own skin with what I'm doing. Okay. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing, and it's probably something I'll still struggle with probably the rest of my life. Um, but becoming more confident with what I'm doing and knowing that I know the that it, that if I don't know the answers to the questions, I know where to go find them because I've got a great I've got a great group of people that back me up on that. Yeah, that that makes sense. <coughs> mm-hmm. Having that team and understanding yeah. the team yeah. team aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah. When did you feel like you finally felt that comfort and confidence that you do have a team um, support to support you? When did you feel like you felt that? Um, or at least came to understand that? I don't know if there was any particular moment, um, but it's been probably the last probably the last year or so okay. that I've, you know, that I've known that, that there are people that I can turn to. Right. Um, the beauty of this industry is that it's, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on. Right. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, oftentimes, I think a lot of agents feel either intimidated, especially when there's an agent in their presence who may be really um, successful at mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're feeling intimidated. They won't listen or they won't hear. But there is a lot of um, a lot there of is. collab. There That's, really is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk a little about your, your childhood. You mentioned <laughs> riding dirt bikes, man. Were you a tomboy or were you I was a farm kid. Okay. I was a farm that kid. Makes, but <laughs> makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about your childhood. Um what were your what were your role models like? Who were they and what, what did you look up who did you look up to? Well, in retrospect, because mm-hmm. as a kid you're not yeah, aware. Yeah, totally. you're just totally not totally. aware. In retrospect, um, my folks, okay. my parents, um, today's the anniversary of my mother's death. Okay. But the two of my, my parents, um, started dating when I want to say mom was 14 and dad was 15 wow. and and that was that was it yeah. and the two of them teamed up and they, they were a great team and set a great example for my brother and I yeah. and to this day you know part of of when I make decisions it's a, it's based on well what would they say mm. you know would they would they think that's a good idea yeah yeah I like that you said a team. Um, I think mm-hmm. sometimes we're not looking at it as our family is in that way. And right. That we really are. You know, yeah. Going after yeah. the same goals, hopefully, and right. moving the same direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little, little oh, girl? What does every farm girl want to be? I don't know. A veterinarian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you still love animals? Oh, I still do. Okay. Yes. Did you go down that path at all, or when a did that end? A little bit, a little bit. When the kids were little, I worked as a vet tech okay. for several years. But okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm always fascinated, especially with people who grew up mm-hmm. around around animals and um, just kind of the, having the understanding and the sacredness of life. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you, having, I guess, to approach that once you've raised an animal to come to a point where, all right, now it's... That's, now you got to mm-hmm. eat. I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I, the, you know, the, the phrase is, I've, I have, fit, you know, my, my responsibility is to feed you and care for you until such time as you feed and care for me. Mm. Um, yeah. It has to be approached from a humane aspect, you know. And I was always taught that, you know, um, we care for them. We don't, we don't keep them at arm's length. 
um, you know, you, you and the time comes that then it's then it's their turn. Yeah, man. So how has that how has that understanding that kind of shaped you throughout life? What has that has it been a benefit for you now that yeah. you're away from the farm? Yeah, I think it has. Um, I think I think to understand where where things come from, you know, mm-hmm. our meat does not come from the grocery yeah, store, you yeah, know, our milk yeah. does not come from the grocery store. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I think that helps yeah. with that quite a bit. I, I, I appreciate that. That's a, a great perspective that sometimes I realize that I just don't have, um, having to ever do anything like that. My kids don't, I try and explain to them when we're eating, I try and tell them that's a bird. That's not, chicken right it's right, a bird right so that they understand yeah. it had body parts mm-hmm, and all that and sometimes mm-hmm. they're like I'm like no we're eating cow tonight why do you have to say it like that because that's what we're eating you're <laughs> right eating a cow, that's so. right that's yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah you are and it's not a it's not a bad thing no you know that's that's the way it was intended right. to be that's what we're doing this is how it works so, right yeah right. thank you so much i appreciate that perspective um, it looks like you brought a book book with you. I did. Do you, do you get to read a lot? Is that something you enjoy doing? Uh, I used to yeah. read more. I love to okay. read, but I don't get to read as much okay. as I used to. Okay. You know, and I, I, frankly, I don't make the time to read as much as I would like to, but yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. So what, what book did you bring? I brought The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Talk to me a little bit about that one. Well, if you've ever heard of Grant Cardone, if you've ever listened to Grant Cardone and The 10X Rule... He says you need to put 10 times as much effort into a task as you think you're going to require to achieve a goal. And you should set your goals, and and maybe I've got that backwards, you should set your goals 10 times higher than you think you're going to be able to achieve. And then Mm -hmm. you use 10 times or 10x the effort to achieve those goals. And as long as you don't forget that, you know, you're, you're going to be successful. That's interesting. Ten times. Um, talk to me um, and the principles that you found and what way have that have you, I guess, exercised it in and saw success? It's a matter of discipline. Okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, it's easy enough to just to write some things off and say, well, you know, I don't I don't like doing that. But it's typically when those are the things that are happening, those are the things that you need to spend more effort on. And so, right. yeah, yeah, it's, right. you know, it's, it's a process, Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's life, you know, and so it's a steep learning curve and, and, you know, that's, that's, those are the things we have to learn. Absolutely. I love challenges. I found that out about yeah. myself. I'm like, uh-huh. I'll give it to me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, and thinking about those challenges, like right now in your business, and I know it's, you know, mm. there's, there's issues out there, but what are you what are your challenges that you're facing that you're just tackling head on? Just, just trying to reach people. Okay. Trying to reach people has been my biggest challenge, and 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 still is, and that's that's one of the challenges that that I'm I am trying to hit head on. Okay. Trying to really push my social media. Trying to you know start a start a YouTube channel. Trying to just really get my name out there and 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 make myself known so yeah. that I can reach the people I can help. I love it. I tell you. Um, I think you got a good little niche if you can show people that you're on that motorcycle and that's you and maybe got some great content, some some nice mm-hmm. videos that people will be attracted to that stuff. I hope that's so. cool. That's I interesting. So. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So where do you see your business in five years? Are you you're done with this aspect of it? Are you 
Oh, and it's in five on, years. It's on autopilot. Where are you at? <laughs> well, no, because because when I talk about helping people, it's not it's not just mm-hmm. about clients. Okay. Although although it is, um, but there are other people I'd like to be able to help too. I'd like to have myself to a point where I'm going to need to hire somebody to come clean house for me. Mm. Yeah. I can't justify it yet. I hear you. But the time is. Yeah. But also. Um, I would like to be able to have a transaction coordinator. I would okay. like to be able to, have, you know, be able to help other agents move up. Yeah. Um, I have particular people in mind, of course, that that could use a, a you know, a mm-hmm. lift up. Yeah. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be able to affect them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so just continue lifting. Yes. The next five years. Okay. Yes. I like it. I like it. Um, when you're looking back over your life and either the things you've accomplished, who you are, what you've done, mm-hmm. um, what do you feel like you're most, I guess, proud of? What is your, what is the thing you cherish the most, I guess, would be a better The better thing question. that I cherish the most is my family, okay. my husband and my kids and why, my grandkids. Why that? Why do you suppose you cherish your family most? I don't know. I, I can't say that I'm the proudest. That's the thing I'm proudest mm-hmm. of because I feel like my kids, our kids, have turned out as good as they have in spite of us instead of not because of us. I think that's most parents. I, you know, I think you're right. <laughs> but um, it's it's neat to see these young adults as they're, as they're striking out and, and living their own lives and raising their own kids. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Family, family, family. Yes, yeah. yes sir. Yeah. Um, in your life and in your adventures, um, what do you feel like is the craziest thing you've done? Maybe you wouldn't do again. The craziest thing I've done? I don't know. I'd do it again. Okay. Um, but I rode the tail of the dragon on my bike. What is that? The tail of the dragon is 11 miles of road. Starts in, f- from the northern part, it starts in Deals Gap, North Carolina. Okay. And No. Deals Gap. It starts. It starts in Tennessee. Okay. And ends in North Carolina. Okay. I would probably misquote the name of the towns. And in that eleven miles, there are. I don't remember the number. A hundred and some curves. <laughs> okay. So it's 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 a. Three hundred eighteen curves. All right. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Three hundred eighteen curves. Wow. In eleven miles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so. Um, the craziest part of that, and I think that's one of the coolest things I've done, mm-hmm. but the craziest part of that is at the bottom of it, down in, in uh, North Carolina, is the Tree of Shame. Okay. It's this big, I would say a cottonwood tree, I'm not sure, but a big tree with parts of motorcycles that have fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> or, or been wrecked. Wow. And there's a sign underneath it, beware of falling parts because apparently the wow. parts have a tendency to fall out of the tree. You don't want to you don't want to get whacked by a <laughs> motorcycle part while you're standing underneath there looking up at Man. it. Okay. Yeah. That's that is interesting. Wow. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to Google that. I'm gonna have to look that <laughs> you up. You should look that okay. up. Man, that's pretty cool. Somewhere pretty cool. I've got a video of it. I've got you're have to pull gotta, that out. I've got to find it. Yeah. 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 That, that is pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's a <laughs> that's a neat adventure. So um I guess um, where, where can the people find you? Where can, where can people locate you and, and get a hold of you at? Well, my, my website is paulacampbellthereelter.com. 602-341-0886. My email, okay. my oh, email yes. is um, azhomes at paulacampbellthereelter.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. All right. Well, 
I guess in in kind of closing, mm-hmm. when can we expect to see those those videos coming out with uh, your new YouTube channel? Well, um, hopefully in the next week or two. Um, okay. I'm still mastering the art of 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 uh, editing okay. those. All right, sounds so, good. Yeah, the cigar smoking, bourbon, bourbon drinking, drinking motorcycle, motorcycle ride. Ride grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you yeah. so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for it. having yeah. me.